You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Wow, what a great evening already. In a few short moments, we're going to conclude our gathering by singing one of the most beloved Christmas carols, Joy to the World. And then after we exit this room, we have hot cider, cookies, because you don't have enough sweets over the Christmas holidays already, do you? So we want to make sure we make room for that. But before I jump into what I want to talk about this evening, did you guys see the news? Uh, Google, there was a leak at Google, some information. Apparently, I didn't realize this, but uh, Santa Claus has been using Google Analytics to determine globally who's naughty and who's nice. And it was shocking, got leaked from Google this week that Santa was dismayed because he found out as they viewed the population of the world that 95% of human beings were on the naughty list. 95%. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's crazy. That's crazy. 95% were on the naughty list. Only 5% were on the nice list. So Santa was uh, in his strategic bunker with his elves trying to figure out, what do we do to kind of turn back the tide? 95% naughty, only 5% nice. So he sent out an email through Google to all the 5% nice people. All of them. Every one of those 5% nice people received an email to try to encourage them so they didn't get infected by the naughty crew. It makes sense to me. Uh, Did you want to know what it said? Oh, you didn't get it? Ah, okay, okay, okay. I know it's a bad joke. I, I was telling my boys this before the service, and they're saying, Dad, that's old people humor. So, you know, there, there I am. Hey, I want to tell you a Christmas story, and if you're new to church, or maybe you've come to church in Christmas gatherings many times, and likely you've heard a Christmas story that has these components in it. Usually there's two people called Mary and Joseph. Then there's often a baby in a manger, Then if you're lucky, you get angels, (laughs) or maybe even shepherds. Whoa, hold the phone. Maybe even wise men, perhaps even King Herod, if if you go deep enough. But I'm going to tell you a story that has none of them. I want to tell you a Christmas story that happened way before that very first Christmas. It's a story of a 16-year-old boy. I don't wonder how many are in the house that are around that age. He's 16 years old. Can you put yourself, just go back in time if you could. Go back in time. Put on his sandals for a moment. Think the Middle East. And he's coming up over the crest of a hill down into a valley. And there in the valley, right on the side of the hill, is this makeshift camp filled with tents. And he's coming down a muddy road. It's just rained. There's muck between his sandals. As he's coming down into this camp, he can see and smell the sounds and the smells of war. You know, he can hear the the clank of the blacksmith's forge. He can hear the soldiers murmuring, the horses prancing. He can smell the smokes from their fire as they try to huddle up and keep warm. I mean, for a 16-year-old boy, this is an exhilarating place to be. Because to be close to something that looks like death but could be victory is pretty exciting. Adrenaline flowing through his veins as he begins to fantasize and think, what would it be like to be a soldier? I mean, because in that ancient culture, strength was king. If you were strong, if you were a soldier, you were held in high esteem. 
but he was kind of jarred from his fantasy daydreaming moment, excitement of the moment, when he heard a loud voice from the valley below yell out, come fight me. And all the soldiers grabbed their gear and their armor and their swords and they pressed up to the edge of their camp. And there, this young boy nestled between two soldiers trying to identify who shouted, come fight me. Two armies on opposing sides in this valley. And there this boy saw a man like he had never seen before. I mean, he's 16, so he's not fully grown. So he's seen some large men in his day, intimidating men in his day. He had never seen a man like this, though. He had never seen someone so large and intimidating. Come fight me, the giant yelled. And not one of the grizzled veteran soldiers of many campaigns on either side of them moved. Not one. They were paralyzed with fear at the sight and sound of this giant. Now, you know this story. The 16-year-old boy is a boy named David. And the giant in the valley that day shouting out a taunt was Goliath. Now, we know that story. And we also know that someone did step up. Someone did answer the bell. Someone did step forward and say, I'm your man. And it was David. And there, history was made centuries ago in the Valley of Elah, where Goliath and David, for a very brief moment in time, stood up against each other. History was made, and it's resonated ever since. It's resonated in Sunday school classrooms and in corporate headquarters, in boardrooms and, and, and in small coffee shops of entrepreneurs. Wherever there has been someone that's up against big odds, intimidating odds, larger companies than themselves, the story of David and Goliath rings true. In fact, communicators and writers for years, centuries, have said, find yourself in the sandals of David. Identify with him. When you're coming up against challenges that are too big for you, remember when a small one defeated a large one. And we love that narrative. But, 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 but. But what if, just what if, just dream with me just for a moment here. What if we're not supposed to identify with David? What if it's his sandals we're not actually supposed to journey in? What, what if it's not his or Goliath's sandals? But what if we're to identify ourselves with the soldiers who never stepped forward? The ones who were the bystanders that day watching the action happen in the valley. See, what if Jesus, the Christ child, was our David? What if he was our champion. What if Jesus was the one that walked into the valley, faced the giant, defeated the giant, so we could have a victory? So we want to invite you, starting next weekend, Pastor Keith is going to be teaching a series we're going to start through the month of January called Goliath Must Fall. So what if our giants look different than Goliath, that, but no less dangerous equally threatening, and they tempt to rob us of joy and peace and even the ability to move forward in life. The massive giant of fear. Uh, the giant of rejection that keeps us from maybe doing things we should be doing. Uh, the giant of comfort, which is a sneaky giant. It's a giant that lulls us to sleep so we don't do our God-given plan that God has for our lives. 
What if, what if the giant of anger keeps short-circuiting the relationships and the things in our lives? How can we confront those giants that demoralize us, that demotivate us, that even destroy the work of God in each of our lives? How can we find traction against those giants? Because you know how it goes, don't you? I mean, 2018's coming. How many of you make New Year's resolutions? No one. Wow, you guys are an unambitious group of people. <laughs> Listen, you know what's interesting? Every time I flip the calendar every year, don't you get a little excited because you're like, okay, I got a, I got a do-over. I got a mulligan here. I got another year. I'm going to try to do what I wasn't able to do in 2017. I'm going to put that behind me. I'm going to charge into a new year, and, and I'm going I'm to create a new path. Where I'm going to overcome some bad habits. I'm going to do some good things. And then you know what happens? A valley happens. We find ourselves in that valley. Confronted by maybe a familiar giant. And the giant gets the upper hand. And here we go again. Here we go again. But what if Jesus fought the battle so you and I could be free? What if you or we can live free? That Goliath must fall. See, we've sung beautiful Christmas carols. And in a moment, we'll sing Joy to the World, one of my favorites. And those Christmas carols often are based on the prophecies in the Old Testament that foretold of a Savior, a Jesus, a Messiah, a champion that would come to destroy those giants that are destroying his creation. What if you saw those Christmas carols, carols more as battle cries? Joy to the world, the Lord our champion has come. Let earth receive her king. No more let sin and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground, the giants. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove. Declarations of the grandeur of Jesus, the Son of God, that takes away the sins of this world. See, Jesus was a lot like David. I mean, David was an unlikely hero. He's a 16-year-old kid in a battle pitched against a veteran double his size, he had never fought a battle before. He was not, listen, if you're a betting person, you can't tell me your money would have been on David. No, he was an unlikely hero, but so was Jesus. Jesus wasn't born into the seat of power. He wasn't born into a place of wealth. He was born into a humble family from, with a humble means and from a, a, a humble region of the nation. He wasn't born Roman, the dominant empire this time. And just like David, Jesus seemed overmatched against the religious establishment of the day, against the Roman empire of the day, the powers that be. And how about against death, even his own death? How would Jesus stand up to that? Yeah, but see, David came to rescue his people. David came to rescue his people, and I love the story he got some smooth stones in a sling. You remember this story? You remember the song? Hits Goliath, and Goliath falls down and kind of gets a little gory here. David rushes the, the, the stunned giant on the ground. He pulls out his sword, Goliath's sword, and he, he severs off the head of the giant. So the giant would never get up again to battle God's people. Jesus didn't come to rescue just his people. He came to rescue all people. The Apostle Paul describes the battle this way. He says, we were dead because of our sins. 
In other words, we were dead. We were as good as dead in this battle. But God made us alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins, all the things that toxify our lives and build a layer between us and God. He canceled the record of the charges against us, took it all away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, listen to this, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, the giants. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Jesus came to earth to complete a beautiful work. See, we know the story of Jesus. He came as a little baby in the manger. And it's a romanticized story, and it's a beautiful story, but we know this, he grew to be a man, and he would fight that battle on the cross. And he would take death blows for us so that we could have freedom and forgiveness forever. It's an incredible story of triumph, friends. So we don't have to live with taunting giants in our life of fear and rejection and of comfort and of anger. We can actually be freed from them because Christmas is a reminder to lean in to the victory that Jesus has purchased for every human being, regardless of their race, their creed, their gender, their age, their socioeconomic background, their educational background. Regardless, Jesus won a victory for all the bystanders, which includes all of us. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said this, Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas, friends. For unto us is born a champion, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Father, we thank you, God, for your son, Jesus, for what he's done for every human being, young and old. Lord, for those who are still yet to be born, for those who are long gone, you purchased a great victory on the battlefield of life. When we were subject to sin and brokenness, and every one of us are, every one of us have done things, God, that have hurt us, or hurt others, or hurt our relationship with you. But God, you made a way. You made a way, God, that those things would not be counted against us when we place our trust in you. So God, I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that this Christmas season, we'd all take a step closer to trusting you, God. And Lord, we go into 2018 confronting the giants that keep short-circuiting your work in our lives so that we could be more free, so that we could have more joy, and that we could be more effective in living a life that is not only pleasing to you, but is helpful to the world around us. Pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.